your exclusive home for prop sports. Oh, it's good! It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your Wednesday host, Aaron Hook. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. This is your midweek edition of Offsides with your usual Wednesday host, Aaron Hook. And I am joined by three members of our wonderful Roan Radio Sports Department. In the production studio with me, I have Kerry Letizia, is how I say it, right? Okay, good. I didn't butcher it. Uh, Chris, I nearly butchered your we- uh, name <laughs> two weeks ago. No, I don't think. I think you actually told me what it was. Chris DeZillo. Yes. Okay, I remembered it. Fantastic. And then Jordan you got to say your last name for me, too, because you have a little bit of a trick. Weisinger. Weisinger? Okay. Okay. Maybe I'm I'm overcomplicating it for myself because, I don't know. I mean, now that you say it, it's like, okay, that's pretty obvious. But um, <laughs> I got all three of your guys' names in here now. We've got some pretty common ones in the department. We've got a Brown. We've got a Ryan. You know, mixing it up with some of the last names here. Um, but, okay, we have a lot to get to here on the first day of March. Um Pretty interesting. I did see something today that Tyrese Halliburton, all-star point guard for the Indiana Pacers, was actually born on February the 29th of 2000. Oh, so wow. he's oh, wow. technically going to be six years old next year because with the leap year, you count every once every four years. Obviously, joking, he's 23 years of age, great young guard, but that was pretty funny. Um, it's not a your guys' birthday today, is it? It is not. Okay, no. good. Not Okay, we're all we're all fortunate enough to not have been born on the 29th slash the first, but it is the first day of March, and pretty interesting dynamic with the four of us. We were just talking about it. All four of us are New York sports fans to some degree, right? Carrie, you yeah. would agree with that? Okay, I know Chris and Jordan are all New York. They're you know 201 guys through and through, and so Carrie has ties to North Jersey as well. No Philly affiliation here on the podcast. I know we're in the Philly market. It's just nice once in a while, I I, I must say. But uh, we're going to get right into it with the NBA. And we're going to kick it off with really kind of, I would say, outside of a topic we'll get to later when we talk about the NFL, really the breaking news um, of the day in the sports world. And that is Memphis Grizzlies star point guard John Morant um, was accused of two acts of violence, punching a 17-year-old and flashing a gun, reportedly pointing it at him. This took place in an incident that took place at Morant's home uh, last summer. It was during a pickup basketball game. Um, And also, Morant, a few days before that incident, um, there was a head of security, one of the security guards working at a mall in Memphis, and he said that he was threatened by John Morant in a parking lot. Look, John Morant, number two overall pick, um, a few years ago, and we've had some run-ins with him and his behavior in the past, Jordan. Obviously, just a couple weeks ago, we were talking about it here on Offsides with the incident in the game against the Pacers for the Grizzlies where there was stuff after the game. He had uh, a few of his friends thrown out of the game for yelling at the Pacers' bench, and there were threats on, on 
you know, from them to the Pacers organization and from Morant himself. So, I mean, this recent strain of allegations coming down on John Morant, such a talented young player. Last night, he just set the Grizzlies franchise record for most points in the quarter, 28 points in the third quarter last night right. in a win over the Lakers. He's one of the best young players in the sport, but when this stuff keeps coming up, it, it's it's tough to see you know, a future where his record is kept clean, and he's probably just damaging himself at this point, really. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's it's a stupid thing to do, especially, like, you're an NBA superstar. Why are you messing around with that kind of stuff? Um, if, and if this comes out as true and he gets charged, it's just going to mess with the team chemistry. And I don't think the Grizzlies at the moment are, like, the contending team in the West to begin with. And if he's out for any suspension time or if the chemistry's messed up, they're going to fall. And especially if they pay, like, a Golden State in the first round. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially with his comments in previous time about how the West is light, and he <laughs> seems yeah. to be uh, a little full of himself there. It kind of, uh, and this this new uh, allegation adds to, like, what kind of person is he actually? Yeah, it, and, you know, there's been guys like a Shannon Sharp who have been, you know, kind of advocating for him to take a step back and, and figure his stuff out. Because for a young guy, again, Chris, like, you know, a young guy who is new to uh, still pretty new to all this fame and money coming his way, right? You have a lot of decisions to make as a young player in this league. Who you're going to surround yourself with, how you're going to move forward, the best decision for your career. Again, we know how talented Morant is, um, but just your thoughts on the whole situation. Um, you know, there is a police report out, and like again, for a 17 year old kid to be involved with. Uh, a guy who is in the limelight like Morant is, it, it obviously is not a very good look. I mean, to me, it's I like this stuff is just crazy. Like you're with a seven, like you you did it to a seventeen year old. Like, I mean, the other thing is like you don't know if it's either he said she said. It's like the kid saying that that he did it and John Morant saying that the kid did it. What I'm yeah. saying is why what why would a why would John Morant lie and say that? That the kid did it first, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And the other reason is, why would the kid lie and say that John Morant didn't do it first? Yeah, it's it's definitely a sticky situation. So the the kid, um, back in September, uh, he was moving towards um, a court case and a lawsuit. Uh, he filed for a lawsuit back in September. Court documents showed the 17-year-old said he accidentally hit John Morant in the face with the ball, leading to Morant. Um, asking a bystander, should I do it to him before using a closed fist to knock him to the ground? So it's it's right, like Chris said, kind of, you know, he said this, he said this situation, Terry. It, it's kind of difficult at this point to get all the details in there. Um, but just, again, going back to Morant being so talented and, you know, being on the prefaces of making so much money in this league because of the way the league is now and, the way stars get paid, like to be doing stuff like this and having stuff like this come back and bite you from months in the past, you know, I, this is this is stuff that we've seen ruin players' careers before. And obviously, we're not going to put that out there um, because I, you know, Morant still got a lot of time to figure this stuff out, and he has a lot of time to change his decisions. But you know, obviously, he's got to figure out whether he wants to keep associating with people who are going to add him on and you know, kind of get into a group where maybe his behavioral um, patterns change a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's a public figure. Like, he has to, he, like, he, 
literally what you just said he's a public figure he's now has this fan base a huge following he has to watch his actions and i mean everybody always says that you are who you hang out with and if he's hanging out with these people that are egging him on saying oh should i do it like oh yeah definitely do it he's first of all this kid was 17 years old you said mm -hmm. like he's 17 years old you, you shouldn't be hitting somebody even if he purposely hit you in the face with a basketball he did it on accident apparently and you just i mean we we aren't there so we didn't see the situation but it's to to punch somebody that's 17 and now that you're a public figure you, you can't do things like that and it's gonna ruin his brand it's gonna ruin his look and what jordan said or earlier it's gonna ruin the chemistry for the team because mm. now on their team is a player that is doing all of this behavior and things like that yeah and you know it's it's the guy they look up to as a leader right as your 23 year old star right this is supposed to be a guy setting an example and if you want to just talk about it from a basketball perspective here jordan you said you don't think memphis is really the team to go through it in in the west when you look at the Western Conference, really tight near the top. I mean, up and down, it's really close. Again, we'll get to the Lakers in a little bit, but I mean, they're twenty nine and thirty three. They've been out of the play ins all year long, and yet they're three games out of fifth place. So it's like the West is already tight as it is. You said Memphis can't afford to slip, but if they if they do, if they go on a little bit um, of a losing streak, who do you think in the Western Conference could potentially jump them? Um, and maybe become like a 1B in terms of contending behind Denver, who I would assume you think is the top team, or maybe Phoenix with KD now? Uh, right now, I think Denver is in position if they keep it up. They are a regular season team. They're the one seed. They have a five-and-a-half game lead over Memphis. Mm -hmm. And if they do go on a slip, the next team is the Kings, who are seven back. But uh, your original question, if Memphis slips, the Kings can jump them. They're a game-and-a-half back of them. Phoenix and Golden State and uh, the Clippers, the Mavericks, they're all within six games of Memphis. And if they go on like a uh, four or five game losing streak because Morant's suspended or the team just simply plays bad, they're going to jump and the Grizzlies can end the year at like the 6-7 seed or potentially fall out into the playing round. Yeah, you made a great point mentioning the suspension. Who knows what could come of this, right? I mean, we could see um, the disciplinary action against Morant really tossed the jerseys if he's out of the lineup. That would be right, huge. Yeah. Um, or if he's just dealing with stuff off the floor and he's not himself. Um, again, when you look at the West, super, super tight up and down. So for the Grizzlies to be dealing with a situation like this, even though they did have a great win last night, Morant a big part of it. Um, yeah, he definitely has to figure uh, his, his stuff out. And hopefully it's the last time here on offsides that – we are talking about Mr. Morant in a kind of negative connotation because he is so good and so fun to watch, um, even though he won't do the dunk contest, which is like, <laughs> yeah. come on, dude. You jump 50 inches in the air, like, just just do it. Do it for the fans. <laughs> but, all right, we'll keep moving on with the NBA. Going to switch gears to the Eastern Conference. The Milwaukee Bucks are the hottest team in basketball. 15 straight wins now, Chris. Just crazy stuff. They uh, beat the, I guess, new-look Nets, we can still say at this point. <coughs> um, last night, 118-104, 15th one in the row. Giannis with 33 points. For you, are the have the Bucks kind of surpassed the Celtics who have been in first place all year as kind of the team to go through in the East or maybe the favorites in the East um, coming out this year in the in the postseason? Uh, I think it's still the Celtics. Um 
I mean, the Bucks did play good yet uh, yesterday, but they played a uh, Nets team who is just not that good at this point because mm-hmm. they got rid of Kyrie and they got rid of Durant. Um, when they when you look at the lineup, I mean, you got Giannis who's who's out of his mind scoring like thirty three points. What was it like thirty three? Right? Yeah, thirty three points, fifteen of twenty seven from the floor. So crazy efficient too. Um, you got Brooke Lopez who's who's also uh. Was also playing good. Drew Holiday, Connaughton. And Chris Middleton isn't even like at full right. strength. He's still coming off the bench. But when you got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown basically like um potentially top five, top top ten players going off, I mean and you got uh, dead players on the on the bench, I mean I mean you can't compare to that. Yeah, I the Celtics really do have such a, a deep bench. Um I mean, when you look at Brogdon, a guy who comes off the bench, a guy who could oh, yeah. start for every team in the league pretty much. Um, I would say the same thing about Graham Williams. He could start for a bunch of teams. You've got shooters like Sam Hauser. Robert Williams has kind of been in and out of the lineup, but when he's healthy, obviously a great rim protector there as you're starting five along with Horford. So, yeah, it, the Celtics do have a lot of pieces, but focusing in on Giannis kind of specifically – Kerry, when you looked at his season, obviously Giannis was a back-to-back MVP in the past, um, and he just continues. Like Even though he hasn't won the MVP um, the past couple of years, it's done in uh, Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets. He's still put up numbers that are worthy of an MVP campaign. 31 points this year, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, so here, I'll give you some context. So Jokic is the leader on the MVP ladder right now. He's like projected to win it again. Because he's averaging pretty much a triple-double. Um, you've got Luka Doncic of Dallas, 33 points. Like, when you look at Giannis' season and what he's able to do, do you think maybe there's a chance he could get another MVP? And the Bucks are in first place, which would help his chances. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I'd say he has a really good chance. I think that maybe he's going to be top five. He's definitely in the running. Yeah. But I would definitely say that um, Jokic, that's how you say it, yeah. um, I think that he's – Probably, especially if he's ad, av- oh sorry, um, especially if he's averaging triple doubles like every game, yeah. like that's insane. He's such a beast. Like, I mean, it's just it's hard to it's really hard to say because, yeah, it's, it's yeah. hard to tell. I mean, Giannis, and then defensively, as well. I think he's got yeah. the advantage over Jokic. An interesting guy to talk about though mm-hmm. is the local guy, obviously Joel Embiid. He's able to do on both ends of the floor stuff that not a lot of people in the league can do. And, you know, down here in this market, like, it's been the conversation recently. Embiid, the last two MVPs for Jokic, who kind of segwayed into that point, he became the sixth player ever to record 100 career triple doubles last night in a win over the Rockets. So, Jordan, for you, the Embiid versus Jokic kind of debate. This season, who would you give the edge to? Uh, this season, I yeah. would definitely give it to Jokic. Um, okay. Like like you mentioned, he is averaging a triple double, twenty four, uh, eleven and ten. His team is number one in the east, uh, the West by far margin. Um, I think he's clear to win it if he uh, stays consistent for the rest of the year. But I do think Embiid is an overall better player. Yeah. But in the when you look at the MVP race, defense doesn't take up into a huge account like offense would, especially where they are in the standings. Yeah, no, that's true. So do you think? The Nuggets being in first like helps his case significantly, or definitely. Yeah. Um, I think the NBA is the one league that actually can, uh, takes into account most valuable players to your team. Right. And you look at other leagues. I think it goes to 
just the overall best player. And in the NBA, they all look at standings. Nuggets are first in the in the West. They'll probably give it to him. Yeah, that's really trying to help this case the last two years when he's won it too. Does the Nuggets right. have been either the top or one of the top teams um, in the Western Conference? So, yeah, Giannis having a great season. Bucks 15 wins in a row, man. They are um, molten hot right now. They really look like probably the best team in the NBA at the moment. Um, okay, so here we'll talk about the guy who really shook up the NBA landscape a couple of weeks ago during the trade deadline, Kevin Durant. Obviously, the Kyrie Irving trade was huge as well, but Kevin Durant is in line to make his Phoenix Suns debut tonight, Chris, against the Hornets in Charlotte. Um, the Hornets just lost the mellow ball for the season. He fractured his ankle. Um, very talented young player, so hopefully – you know, speedy recovery for Lamella, but without him now, um, the Hornets, who are only have 20 wins on the season, are, you know, obviously just going to get worse without your best score, your top score, your best player. Um, so, what are you expecting tonight from the Suns and KD? Do you think, you know, they just walked into Charlotte and kind of trounce them and KD goes off, or do you think maybe he's a little bit rusty coming back off the injury? Uh, I think he'll be. A- um, I think he'll come back just like he was on the Nets. Yeah. Um, I know we I know we had that injury, but um, he he'll look the same definitely. Um, I don't think they're gonna go in and tramps them because yeah. they're a hopeless Hornets team that just <laughs> lost <laughs> that just lost Lamelo. Um, uh, I think he's gonna tonight. This is uh, I think he's gonna score thirty uh, nine and seven. Ooh. So wait, thirty nine points or thirty points nine 30 rebounds. Thirty points nine rebounds. Okay. Seven. All right. Now I will be clipping this. So if you get that wrong, I will be letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. I mean, KD obviously adds just a different element to it. And Terry, just one more point before we head to break here. So the Suns, you know, they have been at the top of the Western Conference the last few years. They went to the finals, obviously, a couple of years ago. Um, this year there's been kind of like some up and downs with them because Chris Paul, who's obviously an all-time great player, not really playing at the level that he's been at, at least scoring-wise, still averaging nine assists per game. Um, but, like, just for you, when you saw Kevin Durant got traded to the Suns, again, he got moved, right? He's, it feels yeah. like he's – so what's he been on? Three teams in five years, right? I think uh, so. I don't know. Yeah, right. I mean, so he was <laughs> he left Golden State in 2019. So really, four years he's been on three different teams. When you saw he got moved to Dan, was it like kind of a shock? I Honestly, mean, yes, yeah. because like he just moves around so much. Like he's <laughs> like stay in one place. You know what I mean? Like I feel like he's more he's he's the type of player that he has a fan bla- fan base for himself. Yeah, definitely. and not for the team. And I feel like. It's just different. I have. I feel like I personally just have more of a respect for a, a player that is for the team, you know. And like also, it's hard for the for a team to have such chemistry with a player that they're not used to, and also that is moving around a lot. So I don't know. Yeah, like, like that's been the thing with him. Obviously, he leaves the Thunder back in 2016 after they lose to the Warriors, and everyone's calling yeah. him a snake and everything yeah. like that. Like that's kind of been his reputation, yes. right? As a guy who doesn't stay in one place, he still really hasn't proved that he can be the clear-cut number one on a title team. He won them in Golden State when Curry was there, and you could argue that he was better than Curry in those final series and in those playoffs. But 
you know, Chris, uh, again, the hand motion. I completely agree. It's like it's he, it was it was they were both kind of one A and one B. So he's yeah. yet to really take over a team and win a championship. And he wouldn't really be doing that here in Phoenix because you have Devin Booker, you have DeAndre, and he's got a great supporting cast around him. So if they do go out and come out of the West, make the finals, win the title, whatever, I, I, I don't know if it really changes much for KD legacy-wise. It gets him another reign, sure, and obviously we know he's a great player. And to Terry's point, like, a guy who moves around like that that much, you don't expect that from, like, a star, star player. Like, we've seen LeBron obviously stay in places for long periods of time, but KD, definitely uh, definitely an anomaly for sure. Okay, 5.20 p.m., so we're going to take a quick step off, uh, and then when we come back, we'll get into the NFL and things as such. But first, we've got to tell you to wake up with Rowan Radio for the early bird special every weekday starting at 7 a.m., our host will help you get through your Monday, uh, through your morning, I should say, with entertaining stories and special giveaways, plus news, weather, traffic, and, of course, the music that matters. Start your day off right with the Early Bird Special every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Also online at RowanRadio.com. More offsides here on March the 1st when we return. No matter who we are or where we come from, we all experience difficulties in life. Military veterans know that sometimes it takes strength and determination to make it through. Whether it's physical challenges or struggles on the inside, it takes strength to ask for help when you need it. Learn how veterans like us have reached out for help and hear stories of strength and recovery at maketheconnection.net. Tune in to Rowan Radio every Saturday afternoon from 5 to 8 p.m. for the Icon Rock Show with the Icon himself, Gary D. Enjoy the very best classic and hard rock from Aerosmith to Black Sabbath to the Rolling Stones and more. Crank up the volume for the Icon Rock Show every Saturday from 5 to 8 p.m. Only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Also online at rowanradio.com. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Back here on your midweek edition of Offsides, RowanRadio.com, Channel 2, streaming live, Rowan Radio 89.7, WGLS-FM, Chris Dezillo, Terry Letizia, Jordan Weisinger, three for three right there, nailed it in rhythm, all with me here, three members of our fabulous sports department, uh, thank all three of you guys for joining me here on this Wednesday, um, okay, so we're going to move into the NFL and unfortunately, I mean, I don't know, man. The news is a little negative today. I'm not going to lie to you. Because we're starting off 
with some other breaking news today. We talked about the John Morant situation. Uh, that news really broke like a little over an hour ago. So that was really the immediate thing to talk about to open up the show I wanted to start with. But uh, another major storyline is Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, defensive lineman, nose tackle, whatever you want to classify him, uh, classify him as, for the national champion Georgia Bulldogs. Um, this guy is one of the names right now floating around in conversations to be taken number one overall in this year's upcoming NFL draft. At the very minimum, guys, I would say he's going to be a top five pick. So this is a guy with a lot of attention on him, one of the best college players in this class. Um, and then news comes out today that there is an arrest warrant out for Jalen Carter, and this is in relation to an incident, um, a fatal car crash that took place uh, a bit over a month ago on January 15th. Um, and a member of the um, Georgia football staff, his name was Chandler LeCroix, was killed in that crash. And now there are reports coming out that um, Carter was driving alongside LaCroix when the car crashed and then that he fled the scene afterwards. Um, so this is obviously a big report because it's tied into a situation where, you know, they did some investigation and potential intoxication was involved. So this is going to lead to a whole nother strain of legal trouble and just a situation that for Jalen Carter, a guy who is dealing with the NFL combine right now, trying to be at his best mentally and physically showing off for NFL scouts. Now, Terry, he gets into a situation where, you know, this then comes down on him, a situation where obviously hit him hard as well. It's his teammate that, you know, or not, not his teammate, but member of the staff who was very close. One of his teammates were also in the crash. I think one of his other teammates were also killed. Wow. I actually did not know that. So thank you. But yeah. So, I mean, obviously a situation near and dear to his heart. Like, yeah, this is just a lot obviously for him Mm -hmm. right now. And, hopefully you know nothing for his sake involves him um but from what i'm seeing i mean he is really kind of closely tied into the incident so yeah i mean apparently from the source that i'm looking at here it says that he was racing and it like it looks like he was just recklessly driving and honestly that's just to be doing that as like a public figure and also um, he's what did you say? Number like five for the draft. He, he's one. Well, he's one top of the top five. guys. Yeah, he's yeah. To be doing that so close to your dream, like you have to think like in the spot in the position that he's in, he killed two of his, I guess you could say colleagues, you could say. Um, and so you have to think like his mental health. Like he he has to have this burden on him, this guilt. And also, he's so close to living his dream, and now he mm. has um, a, a misdemeanor on him because it's, um, a f- I think it's a, what is it? Yeah, so in he's Georgia, got you're not allowed to do that. It's yeah, a, reckless I think it's, driving. I think it's called. I think it's a misdemeanor in Georgia, but mm. it, so now he's gonna have all this legal trouble on him, and now he killed two of his colleagues, and the burden that he must have on him as well, like it, it's it's got to be rough. Yeah, I. Yeah, I definitely a, a heavy situation here. But you know, Jordan, when you take a look at this, the the warrants are out 
for reckless driving and racing, like Terry said, in the crash on January 15th. Um, yeah, that killed the Georgia teammate and staff member. So LaCroix was the uh, staff member that died. And then Devin Wilcock, who was an offensive lineman for the Bulldogs, um, was also killed. And a toxicology report indicated that Chandler LaCroix, his blood alcohol concentration was point one nine seven. Way, Whoa. way, wow. I mean, wow. yeah. So when you see a number like that, um, I, again, we're not going to assume anything. Right. But with Carter being tied into this, it's like you, you may have to just assume that he may have been under the influence as well. And obviously that's going to lead to a whole, you know, batch of problems. Right. And as you mentioned, right in the heat of the combine, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Crazy. Stupid mistake. Uh, I think a little hot take here. It could help the Bears out if you think about it. If they like Carter a lot. Yeah. And if Carter falls naturally because of what happens, the Bears might be more willing to trade out. Right. As we mentioned on Monday's episode of Offsides, uh, what would the Bears accept for a first-round uh, pick if they were to trade back? But uh, back on Carter, yeah, it's just stupid mistake. He's one of the best players in the draft. If the Bears stay at one, I would have taken him at one. And he showed how good he is at Georgia this season and his entire career mm-hmm. there. It's just not something you want. And to compare it a little bit, we all saw what happened to Henry Ruggs. He's had a leak. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. I, I mean, the Rudd's comparison is a great one. Obviously, that one also in, involved reckless driving, driving under the influence. Um, and just uh, all these young players just before turning pro, it's like the same thing with Brandon Miller of Alabama, right? I mean, yeah. he has the thing where, you know, he's involved in, in the murder um, of somebody and his teammate is the suspect. It's crazy what these guys are getting themselves into. Um, like Terry's been saying, and like you've been saying, right before turning pro, in the middle of showing off for scouts, getting ready. Um, yeah, it it is really wild. Um, and the crash, by the way, happened um, just after the Bulldogs had celebrated that championship win with uh, a parade and a ceremony. So again, you figure alcohol was involved. Some of these kids aren't even of legal age. Yeah, I don't know. know. Yeah. I don't know what's happened with the uh, the younger players in this generation because they're not even getting to the league and already messing up. Like at least yeah. make it the second contract is the goal. That's what everyone's always been told. So right. something has to be changed if this continues to happen. Yeah. So again, here's a quote from the uh, investigation. So Carter and Chandler Lacroy, who was the staffer again uh, on on Georgia's staff, who died. They were found to be operating their vehicles in a manner consistent with racing, so obviously going very, very fast over the speed limit. According to the police's police department's investigation, they were switching lanes, drove in the center turn lane, drove in opposite lanes of travel, overtook o- other motors, and drove at high rates of speed. So, again, it's like you're j- you're just asking for something bad to happen. Just disappointing. Yeah. No, that's I'm, that's the best way we can wrap it up there with Jordan. Just disappointing there for Jalen uh, Carter. Hopefully everything works out. Um, we'll follow that situation closely, and uh, we shall see. All right, getting to some more football stuff, real football stuff. Um, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers set to release running back Leonard Fournette. Chris, I see you shaking your head. Um, <laughs> Leonard Fournette, former Pro Bowl running back in Jacksonville. He's been a mainstay of that Tampa Bay offense, but now with Tom Brady out the window, Fournette seems to be on the move. Can Tampa Bay in this weak NFC South, can they compete? What do you I, think? I, I don't even know. that. 
that that um what is it? The NFC South is so it's so bad. It, <laughs> it is, is just, pretty bad. It's just like the old NFC East. Yeah, the NFC least they used to call uh, it. Yeah. Um, I mean, with the Bucks, I mean, who's your quarterback going to be? Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask, I guess. Yeah, unless they draft somebody, right? I and guess. then the you had a great running back in Leonard Fournette, and now you're getting rid of him. Like, um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a hot take here. Go ahead. I think the Saints are going to win the league, the, the NFC South. The Saints? I hope so. Okay. Are you a Saints fan? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the the quarterback, just the quarterbacks in the division. I mean, yeah, no offense to the Saints, Terry, but, like, no. Andy Dalton isn't exactly Every- setting the way. He, <laughs> no, he when, was good last year. James Winston. Winston, okay. When Breeze retired, it kind of just went back downhill for the Saints, yeah. unfortunately. It's, it's been a – The Saints have done well with the cap, though. I mean, they could bring in Lamar, potentially. They, they love – Potentially. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's possible. I don't think so. <laughs> it could happen. They, I don't foresee that happening. They are really good at, like, maneuvering right. the cap. They did. There was a situation two years ago where, like, they had to pay Camara, they had to pay Michael Thomas all this money. They were way over. Yeah, they were like eighty million dollars a day, and they wow. somehow got everybody new deals, and right, everybody's yeah. here. Obviously, Tamara's done his own legal stuff going on. Once We're not going to do legal issues. Yeah, but <laughs> isn't it crazy? Like, I remember when I was a freshman coming on offsides, we were talking about the replacement for Drew Brees, mm. and now here we are, so full sad. circle. Yeah, <laughs> the same. Well, I mean, look, Carrie, they could win this division even if they don't really have. I mean, a, I hope a great so. quarterback. Is it so great? I mean, again, the butts. You don't know, like Chris said, Kyle Trask. Maybe. Yeah, Bucks aren't really looking too hot right now, no. to be honest. I think almost every team at the division has a chance. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I agree with that. So who would who do you think Jordan would probably, as of right now, with the current roster conjunction before free agency, who who do you like the best? That's a that's a great question. Wow. I think talent wise, the Saints have it because okay. their defense is still solid. They yeah. Still have Cameron Jordan, Tyron Matthew, and their offense. They still have Michael Thomas at the moment. We'll see what what happens with that. But to, I'm going to disagree with Chris on the Bucks take. I think releasing Lenny, once again, running back is a very replaceable position. And the Bucks are $56.5 million over the cap currently. So, And they're also taking on Brady's uh, contract cap of $35 million since he retired. So who do you think they're trying to clear space for? Just complimentary guys to fill around whoever I think, the QB uh, will be? Either to potentially retool or rebuild. Uh-huh. And they have key players like Chris Godwin and... Mike Evans and right. are those players that could potentially be moved for draft picks and whatnot. But I think they can definitely compete if they were to draft someone. And uh, people overlook Kyle Trask. He was great at Florida. He, wa- he, he really was, was a good college quarterback. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, what two years under Brady now? You never know what what could happen. That and uh, I think the biggest thing will be if Trask is competent at all at quarterback, they have a chance. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned they still do have Godwin. They still do have Mike Evans. Two of the better receivers in the league over the past five years or so. And they fire their offensive coordinator, correct? Uh, Leftwich, did they fire him? Right, yes, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well. Yeah, so. And it, he, was, he was holding them back this year. We were talking about the Panthers yeah. on, on third and long um, on Monday. And I, like every team in this division is like kind of weird, but also like kind of interesting. Yeah. And I think, again, it's because there's no real like top-flight quarterback, so you don't really know what you're going to get from – any of these teams, and you mentioned the replaceability of Fournette. Um, so the next guy in line for them would be Rashad White. He saw uh, too. They took him in he the third good. round last year, 481 yards um, rushing this year with one touchdown. 
Uh, he also had 290 receiving yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, 700 all-purpose yards as yeah. a rookie. Got into the end zone a few times. He wants to be a solid player. You still have Gio Bernard there um, as a veteran. So, I don't know. I, I think I agree with both of you guys. I think it's a smart move for Tampa Bay, maybe financially, in the direction they want to go. But, again, now Leonard Fournette's just out there on the market, and he did help a lot of right. teams in yeah. that backfield. Whoever he joins, uh, definitely going to get a uh, an upgrade in Fournette. All right, so sticking in the NFL, there was a brief mention of Mr. Lamar Jackson uh, in, this, in this conversation. Yeah. Future Jet, maybe? No, no. actually, I, I'm actually. Well, I'm praying you for. Wish. I'm praying for Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, <laughs> they're gonna get Derek Carr. You know it. I, I, I know, I, Chris. I you don't that. have to remind me. Future Hall of Famer. I'm already preparing. <laughs> I, I already ordered the Derek Carr jersey. Future Hall of Famer. They told him he could be a future Hall of Famer if he comes to New York Th- and they that's win. Hysterical. That's, that's hysterical. Same organization that's exactly what's in it too. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so I'll tell you guys this. I'll, I'll swallow my pride here. So earlier <laughs> in the year. Um, I think this was in – this had to have been – no, maybe it was over the summer. I said it at some point before the season started. It was on an episode of Offsides. I said that Zach Wilson would be an MVP candidate. Oh! Yeah. That is – why would you even on. say that? Dude, I, I that. he played well at the end of last year, and I was like – I can't believe you just reiterated it oh and said – Yeah, And well, repeated yourself. It was promised to be clipped and, and you know, like – Stored forever, so I wouldn't forget it. That's but an extremely hot take. That is you. crazy. It was an extremely hot take, and you know like it blew up in my face. So. I mean, like, you know what? At the time, at the time though, Zach Wilson was ver- was looking pretty good. I, at the end everybody of last year, everybody loved you, him. I well, I, yeah. Well, that's been the whole thing with him. Is like everybody really did like him in the beginning, and now it's just yeah, it well. really went. It blew up in the Jets' faces, <sighs> in Jets fans' faces. Yeah, and sorry, Aaron. Nah, <laughs> yeah. you know, I listen, I Chris. I feel bad for you. I, you guys don't have to feel bad for me. It's it's <laughs> it's been come to the Giants. It's been no, never. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was actually I was a Giants. I was a Giants fan for a brief moment when they won the what? Super Bowl in 07. I was like four or five years old. I was like, and you're like, wow. like you, remember, you remember that at five? Yeah, no, I actually, I at actually do. At five years do. old, he was really do. making I, those opinions. I had a gi- <laughs> I, no, I had a Giants hat and everything. Dude. Wow, what? So I'd wear it to school. That's crazy. And then I think I don't know. A couple years later, when the Jets got good, I, I hopped on their bandwagon. Mark Sanchez. Whoa, that's. Mark so, Sanchez was the man, fumble. dude. But I dressed up as I was Mark Sanchez for Halloween in like fourth what? grade. Oh, <laughs> rocked the helmet and that's everything. Nice. Had the replica helmet, the Sanchez <laughs> jersey, the cleats. Oh, unbelievable. I see oh, it. Wow. I can see it. Yeah. So that's all right. Nuts. Anyway, back to Lamar. Uh, he is he's the prize uh, of, of this free agency, I would say. Yep. Because okay. someone's going to pay this guy a lot, a lot of money, and for good reason. Maybe the most dynamic runner at the quarterback position we've ever seen. I think, honestly, you could probably say he is, and no one can really make an argument against you. Um, former MVP. So, I mean, for all the teams that are looking for quarterbacks, like, Chris, you look at – all these different fits for Lamar. We brought up the Saints potentially. Um, Atlanta has been a, t- a talking point, but they do have Desmond Ritter, a young kid out of Cincy who they drafted last year, who they liked a lot. Um, but there are multiple spots for Lamar, like including the Jets. I'll, I'll just put it out there. Uh, but other teams as well. Like, Okay. Uh, <laughs> He's not wrong, who, though. Who, who, who he could help? Yeah, I mean, they've been No, in he talks, could definitely but... help the Jets, but well, I don't... I mean, yeah, anyone can help the Any... Jets. Yeah, anybody. Be better than Zach <laughs> they would Wilson. need anybody. But, Chris, for you, when you look at Lamar, do you really do you have, like, a spot in mind where you think he ends up, or 
maybe money wise, do you have like an estimation of the contract? Is he is gonna get paid somewhere? I have a couple teams that I think he's gonna go to. Okay. Um, I take care. I think he's gonna go to the. He might go to the Raiders, maybe. The Raiders. Raiders. The Raiders. Um, they need a quarterback. They're not gonna rely on Jared Stidham yeah. to take him to the promise. I don't think that Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, wants to be next to a rookie. Yeah. No, you're right. And Derek Carr's out the window, so. Uh, and I think. I'm gonna say the Colts. The Colts. And I, and I, they they need a quarterback. Now there's been talks of the Colts mm-hmm. moving up, trying to get that number one overall pick. So that'd be I, I don't know. That'd be interesting. I, yeah, I, we talked again on third and long. The QB carousel in the offseason this year is crazy. Mm-hmm. You got obviously Rodgers moving, Carr, Lamar. It's gonna be a big shakeup. We thought last year was big with Russ going to the Broncos, but like you have three premier quarterbacks in in new spots. Um, by the end of the offseason. Now, the Ravens did say um, Eric DaCosta, who is their general manager, said they are confident they can re-sign Lamar, they can income to a long-term extension. Kerry, like, do you think that's kind of practical? Like, the, the Ravens, obviously Lamar, with his ability to run, that's kind of been yeah. what they've been about. Yeah. Running the ball, Lamar, he's ha- he's shown flashes with the arm that he can be a real pocket passer as a quarterback. Yeah. Obviously, just the discussion is, do they think if they pay him all that money, you know, they're going to have enough around him to compete? So, like, yeah. if you were Lamar, would you want to go back to Baltimore and take that chance or maybe explore your options somewhere else? Uh, I, I don't know. If I was Lamar Jackson personally, I'd have – I'd really be thinking about this because the thing is I wouldn't want to leave Baltimore if I was him because he has such a big fan base there mm-hmm. and he really does have this big following in Baltimore and everybody loves him yeah, there. Yeah, one of the MVP. Yeah, and he's really well liked there. So I could see him staying there, but I could also see him wanting to scout out his, scout out his options, you know, because yeah. like, I mean, the Saints, I mean, <laughs> uh, no, but the I mean, th- he could really do some big things and in other places like we just talked about he can like the jets need him like it, really anybody could use him yeah. and he could either he has two choices here he could stay and have that big following and keep work, keep doing what he's doing keep mm-hmm. rocking the show but or he can go out and really save somebody and yeah. be like these this like saving grace mm-hmm. somewhere i mean and the afc is tough so like you talked yeah. about obviously with a bit of bias, the Saints. But, like, (laughs) you're going to the NFC, Jordan, and, like, if Lamar is a Saint, they're instantly the best team in that division, correct? That'd be amazing. Right? But uh, my person – I don't – Let's hear it. So, I disagree with uh, the Ravens' take on Lamar. They haven't done a single thing to help him out Yeah, his entire career there. He doesn't have a lot of – he hasn't had any real, like, number one receiver. He did have Hollywood Brown. He did. And then they traded him for – And then they traded him for a second. Second round pick. So, yeah, they haven't done a single thing. The best move they've done to help him is draft Rashad Bateman, which is a solid receiver, but that's it? Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Especially when D-Hop was on the market, and he still is. Like, the Ravens have not done a great job with a franchise quarterback in Lamar. And I think another thing is they kept Greg Roman one year too long. He's mm-hmm. not a great offensive coordinator, and it showed. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. – and also, this past year, Lamar's been hurt, and mm, – That's another thing. He is kind of injury. That player. offense was terrible under Huntley, honestly. You saw it in the playoffs. But <laughs> Lamar owns the Ravens nothing, and I think – and Baltimore's not a major market. And uh-huh. I, used to, I used to live near Baltimore. Uh-huh. 
I'd want to get out if I were him. <laughs> really? <laughs> but Maybe that's a little bias, though. A little bias. But <laughs> I, if I were him, I'd either go to the Jets or the Panthers or the Falcons. The Panthers. I like the I Panthers a lot. So the that. NFC South really like a hot. So he's from where is he? He's from Florida, right? So I mean, Atlanta's close to home. Really, again, the whole South division. He'd be. Closer than he yeah. is in Baltimore, you know. He's from, I mean? Yeah, he's yeah. from Florida. He's from Florida. If I had to put money on it, I would like the Falcons though. They have you the know Falcons. Drake London, so Ka- what is Kyle Pitts. What do you think that means for Ritter? Do you think he they trade him? I don't know. Try to get something I, for him if they if you can get value out of him. But I view mm-hmm. Ritter as like a career backup, honestly. Yeah, the, the few starts he had this year, wow. it wasn't great. Yeah, it really I, wasn't. It is okay. early to tell, but yeah, I mean, again, like there was a quote. I think it was DeCosta, the Ravens GM, who said it. He said being quarterbackless in this league right now is it's it's kind of a harsh reality, right? It's yeah. kind of scary, honestly. Yeah, because you never know what you're going to get on a week-to-week yeah. basis. I don't want to discredit uh, Ritter at all but because the offense wasn't great. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. No, like I, 100%. If you're unsure of what you're going to get, again, in a division like that, all you really need is stability from the yeah. QB position. And you think you really have a good chance. Especially yeah, with the Saints surrounding pieces, the Panthers have a good core, mm-hmm. good offense on the on, on yeah. in Carolina. Yeah, DJ Moore at the receiver spot. Um, obviously, no more CMC, but the offensive line is great. Um, so yeah, there are some situations that I could definitely see Lamar kind of sliding into. But and if if he were to go to the Falcons, who's to say that their offense isn't already better than the Ravens currently? Right. I mean, they did they did a decent job with Mariota last yeah. year. Now you add the running element. To Every it. year you think they're going to be the worst team on paper in that <laughs> division, and they continue to impress. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the Falcons are very interesting. So I like that pick um, from Jordan right there. We will keep an eye, obviously, on Lamar. The new lead year starts on March 15th, so I believe that's when free agency kicks off mm-hmm. as well. And so pretty interesting, just going back to the Fournette thing, just touching on it again really quick. We've seen guys – like Fournette, so the Butts have announced that on the new lead year, on the 15th, they're just going to cut him. Yeah. So they've already come out and said that the first day of, of the month. So they've got two weeks, and it's just kind of like an awkward waiting period. It's like, okay, we're going to cut you. And Fournette, I guess, <laughs> to go like talk to teams, but he can't really, right? Cause, Tampering, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So it is weird, and the Giants just did that with Teddy Dollar. Right, yeah. Well, um, that, was, uh, that was coming. <sighs> yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> he shot. <laughs> I, I think the one thing Giants fans have said, though, and I don't know if you guys agree with this, they, they're they saying that they're giving him credit just because, like, again, his target share was kind of whatever. And I yeah. know he wasn't playing all too well, but, like, he didn't really make too much of a commotion about it. The Giants were winning at the end of the year. He was a part of it. Yeah. Um, so, like, do you, do you guys kind of have a soft spot for Gallaudet, or are you really glad that I, he's gone and you don't have the pay? I'm glad else? he's gone, but I'm going to give him some credit here because I've I've heard from some people he really does try his best. Yeah. And I think he's just physically shot. He's not the same receiver he was on the Lions, and it showed. He physically cannot do much, and I'm happy that he got to, you know, catch a touchdown over Darius Slay yeah, to send awesome. off his Giants yeah. career. That's all I can say. Chris? Um, I'm just happy he's gone. Um. I could not. A lot of money. I, could, I cannot stand him uh, watching one of the. Ga- I was at one of the games, and when he finally caught the ball, they were cheering. Like everyone in the stands was cheering. Oh my God! He caught a ball for once. <laughs> <laughs> it's it w- so funny. You guys sound like just like the two type of Giants fans I know. Like just like the one Giants fan that's like, oh, you know, give him some credit. We were winning. He was doing his thing, and then Chris is like, 
man, I'm so glad he's gone. That he, guy could block anything. That's he could yeah, block. He's block. a big dude. But the other thing is, I would have waited until June so they can get double for him because they cut him now. They Try get six point seven. Oh, okay. Real? Would they have cleared double the space? Yeah, they would have waited. Cleared, if really? They, if they would, if they waited until June to cut him, wow. they would have got double. But now they got six point seven out of That's that. That's interesting. So maybe you figure the Giants are trying to make a move early on, trying to clear some space. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, okay, we're gonna take another break here on offsides, and when we get back, we'll get into our top five. We will reveal that after the break. Don't go anywhere. This is your Wednesday edition of Offsides with. Your usual midweek host, Aaron Hood, will be back on RowanRadio.com, Channel 2. What's your pop flavor? Get into pop flavor every Monday through Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. Home of the hottest pop hits on the market. From Selena Gomez to Justin Timberlake, Drake, and more. It's a lot of bad things that they wish and wish and wish. You know what's good? Stop by for a taste of pop flavor. Pop flavor. Yo, pop rocks on pop flavor. Monday through Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. On Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. If you're worried your friend may be struggling, remember, you don't have to be there to be there. You can say how while you will get a fake tattoo. You can ask with an app if it works for you. You could chat on a game, kick off your flip flops. You can ask on your couch while you binge watch. Whatever, whatever, whatever gets you talking. Reach out to a friend about their mental health. Learn how you can help at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. p.m. here in Glassboro. This is your midweek edition of Offsides. Got Chris DeZillo jamming out in the conference studio across from me, uh, along with Jordan Weisinger and Terry Letizia here with me in the WGLS production studio. Three fabulous members of our incredible sports department. Thank you guys all for joining me here on this Wednesday. Winding the show down here before we get into our top five. Quickly, you got to check the WGLS community calendar. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once per month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar brought to you by Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source 
for community news and information. All right, guys, top five for today is going to be counting down the top five coaches, head coaches in sports history. So this is football, basketball, hockey, baseball, whatever you want to do. I mean, I know, you know, manager technically in baseball, but the guys who are at the helm, give me five of them that you think are the best it could be. If you think they're just the best strategy-wise, if it's legacy-wise, doesn't really matter. Just give me five. Chris, I'm going to start with you, my man. Let's do it. Um, do I have to go in order? Or just no, go? you can just give me five. Uh, Coach K from Duke. Okay, that's a great one. Uh, Bel- uh, Bill Belichick. Okay. Vince Lombardi. Okay. Uh, Naming off the Mount Rushmore here. Yeah. Uh, John Madden. Okay, that's another great one. What am I three right now? Right. I think four. Oh, right. Four. Uh, one more. If you have, if you have more, you need to read them off. Because I'm a Giants fan, I'm gonna have to say Bill Parcells. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. There are a lot of great Giant coaches that you could have chose, but I think Parcells. Tom Coughlin's could be another Coughlin, one. Coughlin. But... Yeah. I I I, th- I think Parcells is definitely a um deserving. Joe Judge? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. McAdoo? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's a whole wall of shame. Pat Shermer? Anyone? Oh, God. Oh, man. All right. I'm sorry. I'm to the, sorry. Until the dark days. <laughs> you guys are going to hear that name in your in your nightmares tonight. All right, Jordan. Yeah. Give me your five. I have a uh, whole list for you guys here. Okay. At number five, it. I have John Wooden. Ooh, Ooh. great one. Ten uh, national championships with UCLA. He coached players such as Kareem and Bill Walton. So, I have him at five. Uh, number four, very underrated. Uh, Pat Summit. Yeah. Greatest okay, Tennessee, right? Women's coach in history. Yep. She's she has thirty two SEC championships. <sighs> She's wow. incredible. Yeah, the lady volunteers for you. Number three, I have Coach K, as okay. Chris mentioned. Four national championships, eleven final four appearances, and Olympic gold medal winner under Team USA for uh, basketball. Nice. At two I have Phil Jackson. Eleven <sighs> NBA titles. Yeah. Coached for two dynasties, obviously Michael Jordan and the Bulls in the 90s, and then the Kobe and Shaq Lakers in the early 2000s. And to uh, round off my top five at one, I have Bill Belichick, three-time coach of the year, eight rings as a coach in his career, obviously with Brady, and uh, he's just the greatest to do it. Yeah, I. a lot of the names I expected to hear, um, yeah, I, I, I like the list. Um, it, it's kind of like when you think of the greatest ever, Maybe, like, in just for players, you think of, like, per sport, you think of, like, one guy. But I feel like I feel like football a lot of the time. Kind of, or maybe basketball. You said John Wood, and I like that pick a lot. I'll put him in my top five as well. Phil Jackson, I think, has to be top five. Um, I mean, Coach, two of the greatest players ever. Like you said, two dynasties. Although, he did kind of ruin the Knicks for some years, but we won't get into that. He's past his prime. Yeah, well, I, I, I just think he didn't really. Frank Dillacino over Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Yeah, we, we we did talk about it all. I mean, we we had a chance at Donovan Mitchell too this offseason. If we brought Stephen A. on here, he'd have a his oh, choice words yeah, for he'd have Jackson. A, <laughs> have a heart attack. Um, Vince Lombardi, I think you got to throw in there, just so iconic. Um, yeah, and then I think one that people forget about because of the dominance of Nick Saban when Alabama football originally, Ooh, yeah, Nick Saban, I like that. Originally came onto the scene. Um, Really, when Saban came over from LSU, I think I think he's got to be up there as well. Really, definitely has kind of pushed his resume for maybe the college college football's best coach ever. Um, and then, yeah, I'm trying to think of a fifth. I'm trying to think baseball, but I, I have a hard time keeping Coach K out of the top five, yeah. just because Duke was so dominant for all those years, and like 
They are they are playing well now, but you just see there's a different atmosphere without Coach Tay Easily, yeah. at the helm. Kind of crazy he went out last year losing to UNC, right, in his last game. So, you got to stand a little bit for him. Honorable match of Joe Torre. Throw it out there. Joe Torre, yep, that's a great one, too. Um, yeah, former Yankee player, won an MVP, and then obviously coached them to a, a bunch of World Series as well. So, if you, if you wanted the baseball one, I think Torre is a good pit, Jordan. So, yeah. all right, that's just going to about do it here on March the 1st, the year of our Lord, 2023. Thank all three of you guys again for coming on with me here for this Wednesday edition of Offsides. Catch Offsides here on RowanRadio.com channel to Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 5 to 6 p.m. Danny Ryan on Mondays, myself on Wednesdays, and Connor Brown coming up on Friday. Have a great rest of your week, everybody, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.